things were gradually falling into place, just according to the plan. It was at the proper time everything happened. Not too early and not too late. Everyone was playing their part, even though they were unaware. Jesus had now been taken through the Roman officials where Pilate had passed the judgment of death on him. Now, it happened that Jesus, the Lord and Savior of the whole world, the restorer and redeemer of men, received judgment at the hands of mere mortals who were unfit to judge the Son of the All-Supreme God. This would all happen because there was a laid-out plan, and it was to be followed to show the supremacy and the infallibility of God's Word. Many hundreds of years before, there had been the prophecy of the one who would be hung on a tree and would be a curse for the redemption of those who really deserved it, you and I. After the betrayal of Jesus by Judas Iscariot and the arrest, the people demanded that Jesus be killed. In that time, before the ceremony of the Passover, it was the custom that Pilate released a criminal to the Jews, and our Lord was substituted by a criminal by the name of Barabbas, who was then released. It was sad and a pity that they would prefer a criminal who had the record of an insurrection and even a murder charge against him set free, all because of the hatred in their hearts against Jesus, the Divine One. Although Pilate tried all he could to salvage the life of Jesus, and it was to no avail. He was totally dumbfounded. What did this man do that the Jews wanted him eliminated so badly? But I've interrogated him, and I've found no fault whatsoever as a consequence of breaking all the established law. It was total madness. However hard he tried to save Jesus, the Jews just kept pushing harder to get what they wanted. They screamed all the louder, crucify him. Something else happened during the course of this legal battle. The wife of Pilate. You see, she had a dream. She had a disturbing dream that all she could say to Pilate was, have nothing to do with that righteous man. For I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Surely something greater than them was before them. Pilate tried his best, and even though he sent Jesus to Herod, Herod did not find any fault in him as well. So after much back and forth and Jesus being sent back to Pilate again, this time he had to make a decision out of compulsion. This was not what Pilate would have loved to do, but his hands were tied. He even suggested giving Jesus a beating and letting him go, but this would not satisfy the people. And more importantly, it wouldn't satisfy the prophecy. So Jesus was scourged or flogged by the Roman soldiers and then delivered into the hands of the Jews to be crucified. They finally got what they wanted, just as they wanted it. From there... Jesus began his journey to the place of a skull, or Golgotha, a hill outside of the city. He suffered insults, 
spitting, and beatings on this journey. He had lost so much strength that he could barely carry his own cross anymore. He needed help, and Simon of Cyrene was the man who, though not voluntarily, but was forced by the soldiers who would carry the cross of Jesus the remaining part of the journey. At this point, Jesus was already wearing the crown of thorns, which was designed for him by the Roman soldiers just to spite him. They had done this during the time they were mocking him for being king of the Jews and wearing a scarlet robe over him, which they took off and later put on his own clothes. In it was a long, excruciating journey of pain and agony. Can you imagine being in this condition? What would really hurt more? The physical pains that were inflicted on you or the thought of the shame of people seeing you look like you're falling from glory? And yes, they were surprised. Some asking if this was not the same Jesus they knew out of spite and some out of pity and in genuine sympathy. It was not a palatable experience. You could be sure of that. Now, they had reached their final destination, the crucifixion ground. Here they nailed Jesus to the cross that had been brought from inside the city. He was hung up on the cross to fulfill the law as it is written in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 22 to 23, which would be a prophetic and symbolic necessity that would need to be fulfilled for the salvation of you and I. And if a man has committed a crime punishable by death and he is put to death and you hang him on a tree, this body shall not remain all night on the tree, but you shall bury him the same day. For a hanged man is cursed by God. You shall not defile your land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance. We must understand, however, that Jesus never committed any sinful crimes in reality that was going to warrant a punishment due to an offender. It is clear as we know it that Jesus is the Son of God who lived on the earth without any sin. He was fully God and fully man. Paul affirms the truth of his sinlessness in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, which says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It was by faith that Jesus received this sin attributed upon him on the cross, so that by that same faith we could receive his righteousness attributed upon us. Crucified now on the cross. They thought the show was over, but just then, something supernatural and unimaginable happens. The whole atmosphere goes dark for three solid hours. The sun was darkened and the earth lost its light because the light of the world was hanging on a cross. Jesus was on the cross between life and death, seeking comfort and maybe deliverance, but he would receive none of it. 
This was a mission he knew he had to accomplish. No matter the pain or the shame, he called on God on the cross. Jesus called on his Father for the last time on earth. He shouted with a loud voice about the ninth hour saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Had God forsaken him? God had to look away because Jesus was now carrying sin in the flesh. And the word of God says that God would not listen to the prayer of the sinner in Proverbs chapter 15 and 29. Jesus had to become sin that he might die without interference, as was the plan of God. And when he was ready, he made a declaration. It is finished. Took his last breath and yielded up his spirit. And in that instant, the curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom, pulling down the separation between God and man. There was an earthquake that vigorously shook the whole earth. It was a strange day. Never had these kinds of events occurred before. Even the centurion and those who were with him, who had paid attention and were in awe, submitted to the truth that Jesus was really the Son of God. Even after his death, his bones were not broken as the others who were crucified with him, as was the custom, so that the criminals crucified would quickly die and be buried before the preparation day. To signify his uniqueness, which was a fulfillment of the prophecy that none of his bones would be broken. And when he was pierced at the side, blood and water gushed out, something strange yet again. He was buried in a virgin tomb which had never been used by any man. Joseph of Arimathea was a wealthy man who asked for his body. It was taken to the tomb which had been cut originally for this rich man, as was the custom to have your tomb or your grave set before you died. A stone was rolled over it to keep it shut. These were the events from the judgment leading to the death of our Savior, Jesus. Make time today to sit down and reminisce on these events that remind us of the sufferings and agony that Jesus had to go through. What do they mean to you? Are these events sacred to you? Or do you treat them just like any other bedtime story? Jesus suffered here on earth. This is no fable. You must think on these things with all seriousness and purpose if you really want to understand the great sacrifice it took to get you saved. What happens next will without a doubt rock your mind in awe and surprise. Who could have put the pieces of this great puzzle together and rightly decipher the words of prophecy that was about to come true? Saints, let us pray. O oh Lord, give me the strength to give my life a sacrifice poured out of love and honor to you. Help me live as a living sacrifice offered to the service of your majesty and for the honor of your glory. 
Help me to emulate the life and character of Jesus' obedience even to the cross and death. May I not fear any discomfort that following you might bring, never at all. Make me a soldier, strong and willing to answer your call whenever it comes. I give myself away so that you can use me, Lord. Help me always remember the path to glory that Jesus took, the sufferings, and have the hope that when I go down that same path, I will surely receive glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.